Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening where we will continue our reflections into this pursuit (laughs) of finding Jesus, finding these redemptive themes within the narrative of, uh, we have been saying, movie and books, but in reality, it has been more or less all about movie going right now. Each and every Wednesday, I typically have Father Mike, but Father Mike was unable to join me this Wednesday. Uh, We probably have to hit the pause button to grieve not having Father Mike with us this evening. But anyhow, um, we forge ahead, right? I had received the call from Father Mike, and I just thought it would be important to really continue our reflections. Either way, he will be back with us next week. So this week, we are set to talk about Interstellar. Interstellar. Now, this is a movie that deals with, well, what does it sound like? The cosmos, right? Interstellar literally translates as between or among the stars. Between or among the stars. Now, I would like to say that I planned something, (laughs) but I really didn't. Our family woke up this morning to this incredible super blue uh, blood moon. And all morning and and day I've been reflecting into, well, the stuff of the stars, the, the stuff of the cosmos. And here we are reflecting into interstellar. So quite honestly, I think some of my reflection this evening is going to be very much influenced by what is going on in the cosmos today. That being said, the popular Christopher Nolan is the project leader behind this great film. And I do want to spend a little time with that because... As I've noted before, if you really want to get to the heart of a film, come to know the director, come to know the the writer, right? And in this case, Christopher Nolan, and of course, many of us know him as the uh, man behind the cinematically impressive films, such as the, the Prestige, Inception, and of course, the Dark Knight trilogy. Certainly, my friends, if you have not seen Interstellar, but you've seen these other movies, Interstellar follows in their ingenuity and brilliance. Now, the movie was a hit with certainly many Nolan fans and and general moviegoers as they were flocking to theaters to witness the space travels of uh, one Cooper, played by, of course, Matthew McConaughey, this ex-science engineer and NASA pilot-turned-corn farmer. Now, it should also be noted that in many of his movies, Nolan challenges his audiences to wrap their minds around mystery, huh? Interstellar is a movie about the exploration of the unknown, and not just the unknown of the physical universe. Christopher Nolan really does provide us a reminder into not only what metaphysics is about, but one can even say a kind of divine metaphysic. What in the world are you talking about right now, Joe? Well, 
humor me just for a minute. I, I don't speak philosophy a whole lot here on Seeds of Truth, but maybe metaphysics is a word that you've heard and you're not sure what that word means. By definition, metaphysics is the science of um, essence or that which belongs to the universals. In other words, those unchanging universal truths that are discovered and point to what is the whole of natural revelation. Once truth was incarnate in Jesus Christ, everything that belonged to the realm of metaphysics, essence, universals, and, and unchanging truths that offer a perception of the whole, is illuminated by another revelation. And that revelation has a new trajectory in relation to. Right? So what we could then say is that natural revelation is in relation to what? But divine revelation. Metaphysics is in relation to truth incarnate. And as such, offers for us a kind of uh, divine metaphysic. Essentially, my friends, all metaphysical data constantly points beyond itself to the transcendent God as creation itself always points back to the Creator. Huh? What is revealed is a revelation of God who is relationship. You know, I was mentioning this morning, we had that unbelievable, spectacular, <laughs> super blue blood moon. And I couldn't help but notice that a lot of people were talking about this, at least this morning. I was in a coffee shop, and I was in there early. And everyone was talking about amazing, beautiful, brilliant, spectacular. I've never seen anything like it before. <laughs> One person said, it was an out-of-body experience. Now, I don't know if I would explain it as that. But what does it point to? That all things created point to something so much greater than ourselves. That, yeah, maybe if we did spend time with the super blue blood moon, we had an out-of-body experience. I don't know. At least one person did. In one interview, Nolan explained that, and I love this, and I think this is so important to the movie itself. What we found was the further we went across the universe, the infinite, the deeper into space we went, the more isolated the characters became the more the focus is on them as human beings. What defines us as human beings? Isn't that striking? This is Christopher Nolan. What we found was the further we went across the universe, the infinite, the deeper into space we went. The more isolated the characters became, the more the focus is on them as human beings. What defines us as human beings? Undoubtedly, making a space epic about interstellar travel is intriguing for many of us. But making a movie also about the truth of real human relationship exemplified by Cooper and, uh, and his daughter Murph, who was played by Mackenzie Foy, really does take interstellar to a much deeper, more anthropological and uh, personal level. Now... Throughout the course of the film, as Nolan discusses, we have a balance between the cosmic realities of, of time, space, and gravity with the virtues of faith, hope, and love. 
In some way, we could say that there is a true connection between the nature of the physical cosmos and the transcendency of a virtuous humanity. What Nolan understands is that through the balance of these realities is the ever-abiding transcendence of the infinite within the finite. Human beings uh, especially included, right? My dear friends, there is much more to humanity than just flesh and bone. Anthropology is not just about flesh and bone. <laughs> I still remember my very first course at Chico State back in 94. It was a course in anthropology, just a general introductory into anthropology. Not one mention of the soul. It was all about the history of man, Cro-Magnon, Neanderthal, so on and so forth. But what we are made to see is that, yes, we are more than flesh and bone, and that the transcendent nature of the human person is partly due to our ability to practice virtue. The practice of virtue, or holy habits, if you will, is truly the mark of the transcendent, right? What does holiness mean? Well, holiness simply means to be set apart. To be set apart from what? That which is material, that which is secular, that which belongs to the world. Virtue, saintliness, is transcendent. Uh, what does the church mean? Literally, ecclesia, to be called out from so as to call for. That's the essence of that Greek. To be called out from what? A former way of living that was tied to, to the world, that was tied to secularism. So as to be called for what? The transcendent. This movie begins to uh, tap into that. So throughout the movie, the virtues are exercised, and in a very astute observation made by one blogger by the name of uh, David Stavers, we find the virtue of faith repeatedly noted in the anonymous they, whom the, the NASA scientists believe created humanity. I thought that to be a very important observation, because it very much speaks to this reality of faith. You see, my friends, the scientists believe these creators are watching over them in the movie. After discovering a wormhole which provides humanity the ability to explore new worlds and in light of the blight which has consumed the earth, the scientists in the movie always refer to the black hole as someone putting it there to explain its sudden existence. Even though the wormhole appeared randomly, they never considered it a matter of chance, but of providence, of not something, but someone outside of them. In a manner of speaking, we could say that these scientists have a certain amount of faith in order to give themselves over to the being that provided the wormhole. Striking. How about that virtue of hope? The virtue of hope in this movie is certainly represented in many characters, but especially in the enduring spirit of Matthew McConaughey's character, Cooper. No matter what is thrown at him, including the entire exploration mission, which was in fact doomed from the beginning because plan A, if you will, saving humanity on Earth, was never really an, an actual option for those in charge, Cooper has 
an enduring and what we could rightfully call hopeful spirit. Despite all the odds facing Cooper throughout the movie, he is always able to see beyond the situation and look toward the goal of survival and the salvation of humanity. He really is a, a Christ-like figure in this way. Here you see that ego drama versus the theodrama play out. There was no concern for self, but other. Consequently, <laughs> the theodrama had center stage in this movie. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when you talk about hope, you are talking about that orientation to the fundamental source of fulfillment in God and a trust, then, in God's bountiful providence. Throughout this movie, Cooper does not have a hope that, say, pacifies him, but a hope that drives him, but a hope that guides his every action. Now, the last virtue that we could speak to here is what but love? We've, we've touched upon faith, we've touched upon hope. What about love? Love, the, the summit of all virtues, really dominates this film. The balance of the physical cosmos and the transcendency of virtue should especially be called to mind here. I mean, gravity is undoubtedly one of the most powerful forces in the universe. Gravity is able to cut through both time and space, while, in a manner of speaking scientifically, I suppose, molding the universe. Love is the virtue that rises above and cuts through everything else. Like gravity, love is able to cut through time and space. Love is like gravity. Love is like density. Love is the key to human existence that binds us all together. What was it that G.K. Chesterton said? By its very nature, love binds. In relation to the movie, even if Cooper is in a different universe, in another time dimension, the bond and relationship of love that he has with his daughter Murph is unbreakable. And I love that element to the movie. It's interesting that Nolan's main motivation in writing the script for Interstellar was not about making a space film, but according to him, about making a film expressing the relationship between a father and a daughter, which Nolan calls <laughs> the heart of the film. Incidentally, my friends, if you are a father and you have a daughter, I might encourage you to sit down and watch this movie together. I think it has the potential of being a powerful experience for you. I really do. When asked if the movie was about love, Nolan replied with this, it is inevitably about love because it is about human beings. What it means to be a human being and the connection between us. Brothers and sisters, human beings are fundamentally about love, right? What were we saying earlier about the divine metaphysic? God is relationship, therefore God is love. We are created in the image of love and relationship. Human beings are fundamentally about love. Now, all of that being said, after Cooper and Dr. Brand, who is played by Anne Hathaway, discover that the whole mission of escaping Earth and finding another habitable planet was 
a huge lie by Bran's father, played by Michael Caine. And after almost being killed by uh, Matt Damon, or in the movie, <laughs> Dr. Man, they have to escape the gravitational pull of Gargantua, this cosmically massive black hole. In order to save Dr. Brand, after maneuvering around Gargantua, Cooper detaches his pod from the spacecraft to give Brand a chance of escaping the, the gravitational pull of the black hole. Cooper then falls into the great unknown of the black hole. Interestingly, uh, the black hole is compared to an oyster earlier in the film, with the center of the oyster being a what? But of course, pearl. What does this speak to? Well, certainly, it is an analogy that alludes to the truth at the heart of mystery. Cooper, literally in the movie, dives headfirst into the truth at the heart of the mystery, which is certainly about the aforementioned relationship. Now, as Cooper falls into the black hole, he doesn't die, but he falls into another dimension, this kind of fifth-dimensional reality. As Christians, we believe that death is not the end of life, right? But it's really a passing into another dimension of existence. Uh, many commentators uh, were speaking to this a post-movie, and I thought it to be a, a very important observation. Because when Cooper figures out where he is with the help of a robot by the name of Tars, he finds that he is surrounded by an endless maze of bookshelves. It so happens that this fifth dimension of reality into which he has fallen is somehow linked to the bookshelf in his daughter's room back on Earth. He is just on the other side of the books. And here we should note, earlier on in the movie, Murph makes some comments about feeling the presence of a ghost near her bookshelf. Before Cooper left for his mission, as he was talking to Murph in her room, a book even strangely fell off the shelf without anyone touching it. So here we have Cooper trying to reach through the fifth dimensional wall of the bookshelves, each wall of shelves kind of representing a different point in time. And he's doing so to what but try to communicate with his daughter. Then there is a, a moment of epiphany. Cooper realizes that he was his daughter's ghost. He realizes that the they was actually humanity itself connected through another dimension. He says, they have access to infinite time and space but they are not bound by anything. They can find a specific place in time and communicate. So as he says this, simultaneously, he realizes that communicating with Murph in her specific time and space is actualized through what? But this gift of love. He realizes that he is the bridge with this three-dimensional world. Remembering that conversation of virtue Cooper figures out that love is the key to bridging the infinite with the finite. What does that sound like? Right? Again, we see Cooper playing this kind of Christ-like figure. You know, my friends, human beings live physically on earth. But after passing into another dimension, death, humans exist how but 
but supernaturally. Yet, alongside humanity's physical existence. This scene with the bookshelves very much shows an understanding of the communion of saints and the transcendent, the supernatural reality of the church, the church as the mystical body of Christ. It is not just something that exists here on earth, but also in heaven. The connection of Cooper and Murph ought to remind us that the supernatural body of Christ, the, the communion of saints, is not to be seen as totally separate from earthly existence, but as existing alongside of it, right? In other words, heaven is not somewhere else, but it is here. Uh, to pull from a recent canonized saint, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, <laughs> heaven is here because the soul is heaven itself. Heaven is already on earth. The infinite coexists with and in the finite. This was Christ's great proclamation during his ministry in Galilee, right? What does he say? The kingdom of God is here. It is the here and now. The saints in heaven are able to communicate with us in the here and now through prayer. We are not cut off from the communion of saints, even though they are dead. Because all of humanity is united in the body of Christ through love, which transcends the physical reality of the cosmos. All created things, including the cosmos itself, points back to God. This is the divine metaphysic. Brothers and sisters, interstellar shows that there are deeper mysteries and deeper truths in our universe that we have still yet to explore. One of them being what? But the mystery of the human person, as persons themselves are oriented to the infinite and to love. Because God is love, therefore love itself is infinite, right? What separates love from every other virtue? Well, it constitutes the very life of heaven. We won't need faith anymore in heaven. We won't need hope anymore in heaven but we will always be abiding in love. Mm. Brothers and sisters, by looking up to the stars, we can enter into those deeper realities and ask the big questions in life, huh? Who am I? What is my purpose? How am I connected to other human beings and even God? You know, this morning when I was sitting in the coffee shop and I <laughs> was listening to these different folks walk in, I have to say, I felt a a certain connectedness with them. And I think anyone who watched the super blue blood moon felt that connection because by virtue of being created in the image and likeness of God, we are connected. You know, Christopher Nolan certainly dove headfirst into these questions. And we are to remember the words of Cooper. Perhaps we've just forgotten that we are still pioneers that we've barely begun, and that our greatest accomplishments cannot be behind us, but our destiny lies above us. Remember what we were talking about the other day, if you were with me, we were talking about destiny. What does the word destiny mean? But to aim at. When we live in the heart of God, we are on mark. But if we are living in sin, then we are off mark. Sin in the Greek, hamartia, literally translates as off mark. 
Whereas law in the Hebrew yara literally translates as striking the mark, hitting bullseye. If we want to stay on course to our final destiny, the infinite in relationship with the triune God, then we need to live in the law of God, which is love itself. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, with that, we should wrap up with a word of prayer. If you have not watched Interstellar, I really do want to encourage you to watch it. And as I noted, if you are a father and you have a daughter, sit down with your daughter and or daughters and watch this movie. You might find your heart deeply moved, deeply moved. Okay, hopefully next week, Father Mike Ritter will join us again. I'm sure he will have a postscript for you. And I think next week, we are going to take up more of a contemporary movie, something that's out there in the movie theaters. Father Mike and I have not yet decided, but uh, stay tuned. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.